Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Friday, the 22nd of September. Today, for the last time this week, uh, I shall be speaking to Duncan Balkan, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hey there, Duncan. How are you doing today? Hi, Peter. Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good, thank you. Um, so, today, um, we are probably going to talk about one thing, or or more specifically, one man. One uh, man. One man. <laughs> and that man is Rishi Sunak. Um, Lucky guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Are his ears burning? I don't know. Uh, But anyway, right. So um, the story that I picked out today um, from uh, from Watson's Daily um, is um, the story uh, about Rishi Sunak. This actually, this comes originally from the Financial Times. Hmm. Interesting article that basically pulled together a few things that happened this week. Uh, and saying that actually Sunak had a relatively uh, good week in terms of, you know, various various bits of data. So, mm-hmm. so um, one is the unexpected fall in the rate of inflation. That's one thing, because uh, everyone expected it to go up. Yep. Um, second was yesterday's Bank of England decision to leave interest rates unchanged, which may well be... Uh, you know, as a result of the, you know, surprise fall in the rate of inflation. Um, and then the other bit um, was that the public sector borrowing in uh, in August was at, came in at, at one billion pounds less than official forecasts. So that's all of quite, that, that's quite a large amount, really. It is. It is. <laughs> and so actually, um, I mean, I would also say that um, this this week as well, he did put through those, you know, environmental uh, sort of rollbacks, as it were, um, through. But, you know, and, and although I think they have caused a lot of controversy, um, actually, I think that that's not, you know, that when you look at what polls have said, um, it seems that, you know, they that largely those actions seem to be in line with what um you know the the people that that did the polls the respondents mm. actually wanted you know the the whole thing of they you know they don't want to be don't want to be forced to buy an electric vehicle sooner rather than later they want the you know more flexibility and and, and all that sort of thing and the boiler thing as well as a nightmare i mean you know anyone who has I mean, without getting too boringly domestic about this the the <laughs> the um you know if if your boiler goes it's a nightmare uh, and actually i think we said this the other day isn't it it's a it's a it's a big chunk of money yeah. so actually in a cost of living crisis to be forced to have to pay you know shell out that amount of for something which you probably would not psychologically unless you are incredibly well prepared you're not psychologically um budgeting for because you yeah. it's like it's water you know it's 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 water hot and cold water it you know yeah you, you got to pay uh, bills and stuff but it doesn't really factor into your consciousness you're suddenly every now and every 10 years or, or 10 to 15 years gonna have to shell out like eight grand or something um mm. on, on a new boiler so so anyway so i think that um um he's had certainly an eventful week 
and it looks like, dare I say it, there are positive signs in the UK economy. Now, I mean, I, I could, I know, I know this is, this is, this is getting, yeah, this, this is feeling weird. Uh, It's not feeling right um, to, to get, you know, mildly positive, but then, you know, there's, there's other signs as well, you know, and actually um, I, I did write about this um, in, in Watson's Daily Today as well. Some retailers actually being quite upbeat and, um, you know, it seems that spending is, is pretty good. Um, so yeah, I mean, despite all the, despite everything, um, it seems to be going okay. So, um, so yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, are you, do you think that that this is, you know, that I've probably come over, come over all funny, maybe have (laughs) have drunk something in my tea or something. I mean, what, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I might be, I might be calling an ambulance to your house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does feel weird, doesn't it? To be, okay, slightly still cautiously optimistic, but optimistic at the same time. Um, and I think the the point you made about the, the polls is, is interesting because uh, we were actually podcasting, I think, as Richie Sunak was speaking the other day, doing his yeah. environmental reform speech. Yeah. Uh, and we were commenting on the fact that, obviously, there was a lot there that the opposition could pounce on, mm. um, but should probably be a little cautious about pouncing on because, actually it kind of might be what most people want mm. uh, in terms of, you know, putting food on the table is more important than having an electric car by the year 2030, for mm. example. Um, and it's interesting to see that those polls agree with that, that people mm. have actually sat there and gone, yeah, okay, he's backtracked on a few things. Um, mm. We were completely pro those things when they are originally mm. proposed, but actually right now mm. we don't mind him backtracking because there are more important things mm. going on. Mm. Uh, I think it's really interesting to see the polls mirror that and mm. show quite clearly that actually a week that could have been really bad, uh, obviously the 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 um, Bank of England stuff and the rate of inflation being you know be- better than everyone expected is is a nice bonus. But I think even if you just took that that one environmental reform speech um, on on its own kind of merit, I think it was still a better week than it definitely could have been uh, for mm. Richard Sunak, which I think is really interesting because it could have been a, a horrendous week and, mm. and it's turned out you know, quite well, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It's it's all just, you know, I mean, like the inflation sh- slowed down a little bit. Mm. The, um, you know, the interest uh, the interest rates remain un- unchanged. Um, public borrowing requirement, uh, you, know, the bo- you know, public borrowing is, is, um, is down. So, I mean, they could have gone, they really could have gone the other way, you know, mm. I mean, so, so, um, cause it's all kind of fine, finely balanced, but, but anyway, um, that's quite interesting. And actually, if you didn't believe that, um, you know, I, I know, God, I'm, I'm giving everything away today, but you know, another thing that I mentioned in today's, um, uh, edition, which by the way, has 28 stories in it. Right. So it's a bumper uh, edition today. It's a bumper edition today. Um, it has so uh, consumer confidence um, is, mm. is now the highest for twenty months, according to the latest survey by GFK. Um, that is, I mean, again, you know that we are. This this seems weird to be talking about things turning around and not being that bad. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm you know hoping to in, in you know much much like most of us. Um, you know, rush out to the beach. Um, uh, any kind of 
sign of, of sun uh, in mm-hmm. the British summer. Um, I think we need to bask in this uh, <laughs> bask in this positivity for, for the 20 minutes or so um, and uh, and just, you know, in, enjoy it. And but maybe look to other areas, you know, mm. other areas that may be doing OK, because the thing is, I mean, I and, and probably people will say, God, this is because you're an optimist. Right. But I think that. Generally speaking, if you always look to the negative, you will never see the positive and you go in a downward spiral. I think Mm. if you think about what could be positive and what is working or what, you know, you you are much more likely to see the early signs of growth. Whereas if you are constantly, oh, this is no good, that's no good. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, we're going down. You know, if it's if it's like that, often you miss the positive signs. Now I'm not saying that, all right, okay, everyone, you know, um, every, you know, buy the stock market, get, get, you know, pile in, fill your boots, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying that. Um, you know, I, I, all I am saying is, is that there, what happens, things don't turn positive overnight, generally speaking in an economy. What happens is you see, a few signs here, a few signs there, you know, you see, so, um, you know, it might be um, consumer spending is, you know, is actually gets better. And it's not just on basics. People are spending on, on, you know, going out or going to going on holidays, which, which they are right. So they are. Um, And then, and then the next thing you see is ad revenues start turning around you know, uh, because companies are feeling more confident about the future and therefore they feel that they need to get ahead and make sure that they are in front of the consumers so they pay more money. So all these kinds of things, you just see little bits here and there, here and there, here and there. And, you know, and and suddenly it turns into a positive. So all I'm saying is, is that although... You know, I'm not I'm not going to be rage, ragingly positive and okay. Bang the desk, here it is now, everyone. <laughs> it's all turning around. Um, all I'm saying is, is that actually, it's notable. This isn't. I don't think it doesn't sound like this is a one-off. This sounds like there are incremental positives that are coming together, and that actually, <clears throat> it may not be that bad. Now, I'd say the caveat with that, especially to the end of this year is maybe the oil price because um you know yeah, we've that's just going seen, the wrong way isn't it <laughs> we've seen the oil price so the production is the uh, production uh cuts are in place and the, and now we've just heard that uh, that russia is um cutting um uh, exports of diesel so that may have um you know that may affect uh affect inflation yeah. and push prices up because, um, yeah, because, I mean, you know, the world runs on diesel, you know, but commerce runs on diesel um, and it's used in agriculture and all sorts of things as well. So so I do think that um, there is a possibly danger, but that, uh, y- you know, the the, the uh, slowdown in August um, of inflation look, does make it look like we're, you know, Sunak is in danger of actually fulfilling a promise which is pretty amazing. 
<laughs> love that in danger of fulfilling a promise. <laughs> it is, and like you said, because it, it was in um, halving inflation by the end of the year, wasn't it? Was it was a, yeah. was an aim as well, and that actually almost looks. I'm not going to say likely. Mm. But at least possible now. Yeah. Whereas up until even a couple of days ago, I just said there is absolutely no chance that it's going to happen. Mm. It's mm. now looking almost possible. So, like I said, much as yeah, diesel prices and oil prices are probably going the wrong way, mm. these are three kind of key metrics that are moving in the right direction, even if it's only slightly slight improvements and mm. in terms of expected on interest rates and inflation and. Uh, and um, public sector borrowing and things. They're, they're only slight, slight improvements over where we expect it to be, but they are improvements, which means they're mm. going in the right direction. Mm. Um, which is, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's uh, surprising and um, pleasantly surprising, though. So yeah. it's, it's nice to be optimistic on a Friday. It, re- it really is. And it <laughs> makes a real change. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah. But anyway, um, so, yeah, so I thought that was good. Um, there was another thing, though, that I um, that caught my attention. Again, mm. I'm writing it, you know, putting, about it, putting it in today. That was also from the FT. Um, Rumours about Sunak planning to overhaul the A-level system. So what do you think about that, then? <laughs> so I think this is interesting um, on a couple of levels. One, uh, I think it's interesting because I'm not, I've never been of the opinion, really, since doing them myself, that the A-level system is actually fit for purpose. Yeah. So I agree it needs overhauling. Um, however, <laughs> so I'll, I'll talk a bit about the story first. So um, he's looking at, obviously, a major overhaul of the A-level system. Um, he's trying to put in this kind of idea of a British baccalaureate. Um, so anyone that stays on to study past the age of 16, um, past GCSE level, would have to study core subjects like maths and English, as well as, obviously, everything else. Um, so that would then increase, obviously, the amount of A-level students who are taking, for example, English. Um, uh, no, sorry, no, ignore that. Ignore what I just said. I'm, 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 my mouth's going quicker than my brain. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, 15, 50% of 18-year-olds at the moment go to A-levels. So uh-huh. you're looking at half the students in the country would then be doing this kind of baccalaureate idea that includes your kind of core subjects um, as well as it. And I think this is a really interesting thing because... I think studying these core subjects to a later age is really beneficial. Hmm. Um, there are obviously going to be people that disagree and think this this change to the system is is daft because obviously it doesn't allow students to specialise as much hmm. before obviously applying to universities and things. I would argue that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, most most sixteen to eighteen year olds, I would say, don't a hundred percent know what they want to do unless it's hmm. something really specialised, like veterinary science or law or maybe uh, yeah, medical science, something something like that, I would say most students aren't 100% sure at age 16, mm. or age 15, really, which is when you start making your A-level choices, what they want to do. Mm. Um, so I think this having kind of this overarching um, kind of emphasis on core subjects would not be a bad thing. Mm. Um, and it might also Im- improve some of the things that niggle me in the adult population like not knowing which version of the word there to use in a sentence if mm-hmm. people studied english up to the age of 18 <laughs> yeah just as a potentially anyway yeah. um, so I, th- I think it's really interesting i'm not sure whether the timing is right for him to be pushing through this this attempted change but i think yeah. it's a really interesting change to be talking about yeah. what do you think yeah i mean i you know so i think that um it seems that we are an outlier in the world in terms of how quickly we specialize. Yeah. Now, I mean, I've, I've been, obviously I, you know, I, I grew up in the UK, um, but I have 
um, studied in Japan, for instance, which is different again. Uh, their system is is different and, and more slightly more, I'd say, more akin um, to the American system. And I studied with loads of Americans and Canadians and, you know, like loads of different nationalities. And I think that in an ideal world, I think that a broader education for longer is generally more beneficial to more people. Um, and that I also think, for instance, you know, I, I heard a, a lot of my American friends would go to college, you know, as they say. Um, and the first year was almost a bit of a like a foundation year yeah. where they did stuff. They did subjects, but they could also do things like audit other subjects. And what they had to do is they had to get credits. You know, the system was to get credits um that you earn from passing all these different courses yeah and then you decide on your specialization so i mean i look I, it, things might have changed i don't know i'm not an education expert but my my point is it does seem somewhat you know uh, well i said this to you earlier it is almost like walking into a casino with a pile of chips as in the ones that you don't eat, uh, and then putting them on the table, pushing them forward and saying, put it, put them all on red, right? And just, you know, and just hoping that the, on, on the roulette table, uh, just hoping <laughs> that, that, that that happens, right? Um, because at 18 or thereabouts, you are supposed to think, right, I want to do biology, I want to do history, I want to do this, I want to do that. But, you know, what, often what I found happens is a very common occurrence. And, you know, I, I, I suppose I've got a bit more, you know, or some experience of this um, as a, a, you know, an ex headhunter and things. So many people have said, and this is not just people that I've interviewed, but people I've worked with and stuff, they almost take pride in the fact that, you know, the degree that they did at uni has no relevance at all to what they're currently doing. And I think that that is that's actually quite sad, um, and I think that the the one may maybe one of the reasons for that is because they special or we all specialised too early, and that actually we needed more time to think about what is it that we actually like. And the thing mm. is, is that I am a firm believer if you're doing what you like, um, you are more likely to be happy and fulfilled in what you do because yeah. you enjoy it and you know at the end of the day most of us spend more time at work than we do with anywhere else um and so if you're doing what you like to do then um then you know you will enjoy it and you probably have success at it if you have success you're probably more likely to enjoy it more and then it just becomes a, a cycle and unfortunately the opposite case is the true uh, it becomes true if it is something that you don't like. So, yeah. so I think that um, doing this is, I can see why um, he could do this. And like I said, I do think that if we can keep education broader for longer, people have more chance of doing something that they actually find fulfilling. Yeah. Um, so I think there's that. But on the other hand, we have, as you've said, we have we're we have just come through a very um you know a traumatic time where the education system was very 
you know, was was put into a tailspin by um, by the effects of coronavirus and shutdowns and all that kind of thing. And we're just starting to get out of it now. So to do to implement a change now, I think is wrong because we're just getting back to normal. And yeah. I think that there's you know, I believe there's still shortages within the teaching profession as well. So if this were to come to pass, I think that what needs to be done is it needs to have a, there needs to be a decent roadmap, uh, which ideally everyone, so an all party roadmap that everyone can agree on so that it doesn't mean to say, so, you know, it might have to be a five year roadmap. Now that might go beyond the scope of whoever's in power next. Yeah. But it needs to be something that everyone agrees to, which good luck with that. But, you know, um, everything everyone agrees to so that we know that there's certainty that we are going in that direction rather than someone starts it off now and then the next lot come in, dismantle it. You know, you, yeah. that's all I, I would almost argue that's almost worse um, <clears throat> than just leaving it as it is. Um, so so anyway, so I think that this I think that the. That the I can understand the sentiment behind this. I personally um, think that it, it's not a bad idea, um, but the problem is is the impl- is the implementation, and when do you do it? Because you, I think you need a long run up for this. Yeah, so you, you definitely can't do it uh, overnight, or just say from next academic year, can you? Because I just up. Is a massive upheaval for a load of mm. students not really knowing what's going on. Mm. Um, the other thing I'd say uh, I'd be intrigued to see is if they start trying to build into this idea some kind of more valuable life skills to learn between the age of 16 and 18 as well, because mm. that for me is one of the areas our system lacks in compared to other countries, is most people hit 18 and don't know how to file a tax return, how a pension mm. works, mm. Uh, any of those kind of things that all of a sudden, once you're an adult, you're expected to understand, but you've never actually been taught. Mm, mm. I mean, actually, my... Yeah how, how, yeah, how does that work? And you're like, oh, I've got no idea. Well, yeah, I mean, actually, <laughs> yeah, I mean, my wife, um, she's, a, um, you know, a, a, an advisor, a financial advisor to high net worths. Um, and, you know, she's very much of the opinion that, you know, everyone needs to have financial education um, yeah. from a much younger age. Uh, you know, and that will help people through it. That will be a really, a very, very useful life skill. And I know that she was, she was saying, I think, you know, Martin Lewis uh, from uh, not money, um, money, saving was, yeah, money saving expert. Yeah. You know, he's also very much like this. I think he's written a book that is specifically aimed at teenagers yeah. um, about their money. And he's very, very, vocal about how he wants the word to be spread in it and i i definitely think that is the way forward but the problem is i think it needs to be taught by people who specialize in it because um you know i would argue that your average teacher right now is not necessarily going to be good person to teach that because they don't know it themselves yeah um because they haven't been taught so, yeah. I mean, I would say you want, you know, you do want proper people to go in and, and do that kind of stuff. But if they can, I think it will be extremely valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, if you're going to restructure the qualification itself, you could probably restructure the staffing required mm. to, to do that. And if, if that was the case, then schools and colleges might be able to take on someone that is 
mm. an expert essentially to teach those kind of subjects. So, yeah. but that's nothing. I think the whole thing needs an, an overhaul. I don't think it just needs to be a let's swap the qualification and, and teach mm. it the same way. I think it needs to be a what do people between the ages of 16 to 18 actually need to be educated yeah. on? Yeah. And then build from the ground up again. Yeah. I mean, actually, I just had a thought there. I mean, if schools took on actual financial advisors, Mm. you know just like they took one on per school mm. that person would be the most popular person on the entire place wouldn't they i mean yeah. literally they would have all the pupils all the all the teachers all the teachers partners and friends yeah and um, potentially all the parents um uh but uh yeah i mean it would be quite i think whoever if it if they did if they ever did that which they, they i'm sure they won't if they ever did that they'd be the most popular person in the place <laughs> yeah they but, would uh, but i think i think that in itself highlights the need for that education doesn't it yeah. the fact that nobody knows how it works so that person would yeah. be inundated mm. tells you how much that person's actually needed or someone with those skills is needed earlier yeah. on in education for people yeah but there you go. Anyway, okay, well, look, um, a very interesting discussion. Um, you know, Sunak's ears must be burning right now. Um, oh, so. <laughs> and uh, if he's wondering and he's scratching his ears, thinking, where, where's all that coming from? That we are the source. Um, but anyway, uh, well, look, thank you very much indeed, uh, Duncan, for your insight this week. It's been a lot yeah, of fun. Thanks for having me. It's been great fun. Yeah, no, no problem. And thank you very much um, for listeners for listening and supporting this podcast. Uh, actually, again, I haven't asked this for a long time, but if you like this podcast and if it is useful to you, please, can you write nice things and put a five star recommendation? Because um, it really does help. Uh, I do appreciate it. And, you know, we are as you know, we're, we're not sponsored or anything like that to do this. So um, if you could do that, that would be great. Um, and if you want to support us, of course, um, you know, is to su subscribe, please subscribe to Watson's Daily because it only takes you 10 minutes a day to read even today's. I mean, it might take you a little bit longer to read today's. But, you know, the fact of the matter is you get the essence of five broad international broadsheet newspapers um, in one place and it saves you an enormous amount of time so i do all the uh the I, I do all the work so you don't have to is the idea well you have to do some right but you have, um, to, read. You have to do some <laughs> you have to do some but i make yeah. it a lot easier for you but anyway thank you very much indeed have a great day have a great weekend uh whatever you're up to uh and we'll be back again next week many thanks thanks a lot peter bye <laughs>